Hello world. Hello. <laughs> I'm going to say hello world because I'm a computer engineer and it's just fitting. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, hello everyone. <laughs> Welcome to episode two of This Way Up. Woo-hoo. I'm excited. I'm excited too. I feel like that's a very common theme. The mm-hmm. excitement. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So how's your week been this week? Oh, it's been, it's been a week. Brutal? Yeah. Midterms. Right. Assignments. Mm-hmm. It's been, it's been a long week. Yeah. Like I've told you this before. It sucks. It's awful. You're burnt out. You yeah. want everything to end, but like, oh my God, enjoy it. Because then you won't have the fun parts of it anymore. Right. Like your last True. year. I miss the fun aspects of it so much. No, honestly, like thinking back about it, I'm definitely going to miss being on campus with my friends until like late night studying, like, you know, like it's just hits different. Like this last week, like I've been eating like shit. Like mm-hmm. I've had McDonald's like three times, like yeah. in five weeks, but oh, sorry, five days. So what is your McDonald's order? I love myself a junior chicken okay, and a, a combo, girl. like a junior chicken, fries, and like a drink. What's your dipping sauce? Oh, it's spicy habanero. Really? I love spicy habanero. I'm a sweet and sour girl myself, but might have to switch over. It's so good. I love it with the chicken nuggets. I actually didn't know they had that. Maybe it's new. I think it's new. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's on my list now. Yeah. You got to try it out. I think you'll like it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Okay. I got you. I thought we could talk about why you are Nav to me. I like, I've been instinctively yeah. calling you Nav a lot, but then on the pod, I've stopped myself. So I don't actually call you Nav yeah. just because your name is Noreen, but I've called you Nav. I think since the moment we met, mm-hmm. right. And you introduced yourself as Navreen to me. Yeah. So I thought we could talk about that. Like how come Nav, Navreen became Noreen? Yeah. So fun fact, I actually legally changed my name when I was in grade 11. So this came about because I was legally named Navreen back in India, but everyone just uses like your common home name, your nickname. Mm-hmm. And that was Noreen for me. And the reason why I was so hell-bent on changing it to Noreen was because I found out like when I grew older um, why it's so different is because my mom wanted to name her daughter Noreen and I thought that was so beautiful but she had a little disagreements with uh, like people in my family and they thought that it wasn't like a sick Punjabi name and I understand that but it's just funny that everybody else just ended up calling me Noreen, even though they like fought to name me Navreen. And me being the feminist I am, I'm like, you know what? We're going to change my name. So we ended up changing my name and I just stuck with Noreen. But a lot of people that know me from high school will instinctively call me Nav or Navreen. I don't get phased by Nav because I'm still used to hearing and we I still like, call you now. Yeah, and I, yeah. I respond to that. But when someone calls me Navreen, like I don't hear it. It's mm. really funny. Like I don't hear it. And like, or sometimes I hear it. I'm like, wait, what did you just call me? Like, what is going on? So yeah, that's why I changed my name. But everyone else knows me as Noreen. And I really like that name. I really love the name. I love the meaning behind it. Mm-hmm. I love the story behind my mom naming me because mm-hmm. I think like my mom should have like the first most right to name her child so yeah yeah. I was also named by my mom I think my mom 
she knew for a long time apparently she was like yeah, yeah. name my kid Gana. like it's gonna yeah. happen we're doing it like yeah. way back when which is weird to me because she says she always knew it but she had me in her like mid-20s anyway so yeah. how far back was she really thinking about this yeah. is my question <laughs> yeah. but I think it's cool like I think it's cool to have a name story mm-hmm. I think it's nice especially moving here like if you have some sort of background yeah. like culturally entwined background on your name mm-hmm. and yeah I think for me, the one thing is I'm trying to be a lot more authentic about the name yeah. because I feel like as soon as I came here, I was like, oop, Kenna's a very hard name. It's very mm-hmm. difficult to pronounce if you're not yeah. actually Indian, kind of know the name or know Hindi. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, well, we're going to make that a little easier, like Gena. Let's just like shorten it, make it real like easy. Gena, I get Gina, I get Jenna, yeah. I get all sorts of variations. Mm-hmm. And I think for a long time, I was like, yeah, that's fine. Like, let's just make it easier for everyone. I want to, and maybe that came from us again, like immigrating at such a young age. I was like, okay, I want to fit in. Like, call me what you want. Mm -hmm. Give me your, like a name you want. Call me whatever. It's cool. I'm, I'm one of you guys. It's cool. But like, I feel like now I'm very much so in that phase of no, what, what is my name? Like, what did it, what was the intent behind it? Mm -hmm. Let's stick with that. It's okay to clarify. It's okay to kind of sit there and take a second, go back and forth and be like, oh, it's Ghana, and like clarify your pronunciation. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, I think Starbucks is a very stress inducing event for Indian people, I will say. Yeah. Because you go in, you're like, okay, cool, gotta say my name. Should I give myself like an alias now that's a little mm-hmm. easier to put on a coffee cup? Or should I just stick with my name, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like now is where I'm like, no. Kenna, yeah. I'll swallow it up for you. That's okay. Let's take an extra second here. Yeah. I've got time. Let's like let's yeah. stick with what it actually is, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's I love that because Moss Moss here, they will ask you to spell your name out for them so they never get I it like wrong. That. I've had like the worst like forms of spelling my name at Starbucks and I find it really interesting. Cause I'm like, how did you even get to that conclusion? Like <laughs> one time I went to Starbucks and they spelt my name N-O-R-I-N-E. Where did they even get that from? Yeah, that's yeah, that's it a hard weird. one. It's giving like what's that word? Norepinephrine something. Okay, well, yeah. something from biology. But yeah, I get that. I understand. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. But something I do, and I feel like I've always done this, is I make an effort to call all my friends with the most authentic form of their name. Mm. Like I'm like, oh, what's how do you really pronounce it? Like what's the correct pronunciation of your name? And I make an effort to use that because I feel like when people don't use the correct pronunciation for my name, it it's a little upsetting for yeah. me because it's like, there's a lot of value attached to it. There's a lot of stories. There's a lot of, you know, culture attached to it. And I don't want to be stripped of that by yeah. whitewashing the pronunciation of it or the way it's written or the yeah. way like you, someone decides to call me. So I make an active effort to ensure that I say everyone's name in the most authentic form. Yeah. And I think that's cool because all it takes is extra effort. It just takes another second of, Hey, can you spell that out for me? Can you say that again? And I feel like it's almost on us because we come here and we feel this sense of like embarrassment or like, Oh, hesitation. Do I really want to take a second and clarify? But I think it's fine. I think it's fine to like claim that space, claim that time, take a second, clarify, right? Like just that's all it takes a little bit of effort. So I think it's almost mentally for us, like be it second gen, like, you know, immigrant kids like coming in. And I think it takes time to get where you're at. 
where you're like, no, I'm in that phase. I want to claim my story, my name, my, like the significance of it all. It takes time to get there, but it's cool that you're there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's really important to understand the value that comes with your name, your identity, especially, Mm -hmm. especially coming from, you know, a culture that's so rich and deep and full of really great stuff. And I just don't like taking that part away from me. I don't know if you remember, but I had this whole phase of relearning my culture in like high school. It was huge for me because you know, like immigrating out of it, like I was so intertwined with it and then having to fit in and whitewash myself wasn't the greatest. And that entire phase was very different. It was very unique because nobody else around me was focusing on really learning about their culture, their identity. I know people go through that phase eventually, but, but not high school, not high school. High school is everyone, when everyone's like trying to fit in yeah. and be one of every, like one of the gang, you yeah. know? Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. It was, it was interesting, but I'm glad I had that phase. I'm glad that I really got to understand the richness that mm-hmm. was associated with our culture because there's so much yeah. that we have to offer that it has to offer to us. So yeah. I'm glad I had that, but it was it was an interesting time that mm-hmm. it happened for me. I remember, yeah. yeah. And I think also for me, it's not just about the cultural significance. I think with a lot of Indian families, culture becomes so intertwined with family, family relationships. I think just because a lot of our culture is very much, I mean, in general as well, is passed down like, parent to child. That's how it usually happens. But I think for me, I associate so much of our culture of my religion, everything with being around family and learning about it from family that it gives it that extra push. Like you almost want to reclaim certain things and be part of certain Mm -hmm. things because it gives you community and family. Like you feel closer to people, Mm -hmm. right? Like, do you feel like in that phase you had in high school, um, you had to turn to your family a lot to try and learn a lot of things and like look to the significance of certain things that happened at home yeah for sure it definitely brought me closer to having discussions with my family about what the cultural significance of something was or what the religious significance of something was and it was really nice having those conversations because you almost like as an immigrant, you almost feel like you don't get enough time with your family when when you first immigrate here yeah. because everyone's like our parents have this like sense of wanting to provide for their family and making sure yeah. that their children have everything they need to feel like they belong in the space. So you may not see much of your parents and it really sucks because I did grow up with that. Like yeah. my parents were around for sure and they did as much as they could for me, but they weren't around time-wise and I feel like a lot of immigrant kids have that experience (laughs) and it was really nice being able to reconnect with them on that and learning more about my culture because you kind of go from being in a land where your culture surrounds you to Mm. being isolated with your culture in a land that knows nothing about your culture your identity your background and you have to learn about it by yourself you have to reclaim it on your own and It's definitely a struggle. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, what you said about the whole immigrant parent thing, I think it it resonates so well. And you got to, like, hats off to them, though. You got to admit it was so difficult. Like, I can't even imagine what it was like. And I think we came here so young. You came here so young that to a degree you understand. I think 
going through that experience gives you the emotional maturity to understand, hey, my parents are going through it right now. It's a bit more difficult for them. They're trying to figure it out, trying to provide for us. But I don't think you fully understand until you're 23, 24, sitting down, mm-hmm. looking back and you're like, oh, wow, that's what they had to go through. Right. And I think about that a lot too. Yeah. In terms of maybe back then I would see it as just, okay, I don't have enough time with them or there's no quality time here, but you look back at the intent of it and the reasoning for it. And you're like, wow, that was a lot. Having to start over in a completely new place. It's almost like they didn't have the privilege to try and figure out their identity here, to reclaim things like we get to, to look back at their like cultural aspects of their life and try and build that for themselves here because they were so busy trying to make it here. So I almost feel like they put in the work so we can sit here and try and reclaim Mm -hmm. our identities, our culture, um, because the other aspects of our life, just making it here is, is a lot easier for us. The work's kind of been put in for us, you know? Yeah. And I completely agree with you. And that's exactly how like our parents also phrase it to us. Like they came here so we don't have to struggle like they did. Mm -hmm. And I think what's different that I've noticed is because we both immigrated here at an older age rather than being three, four years old, Mm -hmm. we kind of saw the amount of effort that they had to put in to be where they are. So the appreciation is really big. Like, I really appreciate everything that my parents did because I saw it happen in front yeah. of my eyes where I don't think it may be the same for others. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, what? when I look back, I can just, even as a child, I feel like, again, yeah, we weren't so young. When I look back, I can very clearly remember certain aspects that I think will stay with me forever. Like, my mom and dad left their jobs back home you know, teacher, like finance, all of that. And I remember initially it was really hard. We didn't have a place to stay. We were staying with like family friends. And I saw them like having to just physically take copies of the resume everywhere. Mm -hmm. Tim Hortons, McDonald's, like furniture stores, anywhere. Get it through the door, start somewhere. And it's funny, you're 11 and you don't really understand the significance of it. 100%. You don't understand what it's like to be in their shoes, having to completely start over in something so different. But it's funny how much of an impact these experiences will have on you because I can still picture it and I can see them going to these Tim Hortons, driving around, giving the resumes everywhere. And it it kind of stays with you for a Mm -hmm. long time. And I feel like, yeah, looking back now, that sense of appreciation you're talking about, it's so much stronger than, you know, maybe if I would have been a lot younger immigrating, Mm -hmm. not really capturing these moments and experiences for me to look back on. Something I really want to give my dad credit for it is he changed his entire career when he came here. And like he really started from the bottom up because he was like, well, I don't think this career is for me. I think I want to change it up. And I love that so much because like something that we grow up with and it's a stigma. It's like, oh, well, you worked in xyz for so long why are you not continuing your career in this or you studied this in school why are you not continuing to do or pursue a job in this field and the fact that he didn't do that is so inspiring because I don't feel like because I think like I have a lot of different interests and sometimes I feel guilty. I'm like, oh, I kind of want to pursue that, but like, that's not my degree. Or like, I kind of want to do this as a hobby, but that's not what I majored in. And it's really inspiring to see that he kind of broke that boundary Mm -hmm. and showed both my brother and I as well that 
you're not limited to your age, first of all, because mm. he changed his career after he was married, after he had kids, after he immigrated to a completely different country. And it was, well, you're not limited. You can start your life whenever. You can start your career whenever. And he had a career yeah. and he was like, I'm done with this career. Move on to the next. And he's doing so well. And he did well in his career before. And it's really inspiring to see that. Like, you're not you're not closed into what you thought you were going to do for the rest right. of your life. Cause sometimes that's a scary thought to have. Like it's so scary. Like I do enjoy what I do, but who knows if I'm going to continue to enjoy it five years later. And the thought of that is really scary, but seeing him kind of took that fear away. And it's really nice to know that you're not contained yeah. with what you thought you were going to do or what your plan was even, yeah. because I don't think he came here and was like, I want to change my career. I don't think when he was, you know, 23 years old, 24 years old, starting out his career was like this, like, I'm going to change my career right. later on. Like, I'm sure like he sat there and was like, I'm going to, you know, be in teaching for the rest of my life. And here he is not doing teaching because he no longer like shares the same passion and he has different interests and that's completely fine. And it's, it's weird because I saw both of my parents come from very, very successful backgrounds mm. back home. And then my dad starting over completely like zero up. And then my mom, like she transferred into the same sort of career, but my dad was like, nope, full 360. We're going to do something That's new. Awesome. And it's really awesome. It is awesome. I think yeah. it's like sometimes looking back, it's almost like they had no choice, but to be brave. Like mm -hmm. if I, to me these days, my biggest issues, I sometimes weigh them against possibly what was the biggest issue in their life at some point. And it's like, hmm, really? <laughs> when a car, like when the light goes off on my dashboard, oh my God, what is my car beeping for? What yeah. is this? Oh my goodness. Like, dad, please help me servicing. Yeah. What do I do? Yeah. Their issues were a lot bigger and a lot more significant and they had no choice but to be brave, right? Just yeah. push and not take no for an answer. Yeah. And I think it's so good looking back that we can see a real life example of how that works and that it's been done and then we can follow in their footsteps and yeah. it's so good. I think another thing is also immigrant moms. Like I think not enough credit is given to them because what I find is that our moms are very, very understanding, very open to new ideas, very open to new experiences. And they so wholeheartedly push us to experience new things all the time. They're mm -hmm. like, go travel, go do mm -hmm. this, go do that. And I think what's important to acknowledge there is that they probably came here having experienced a certain level of conservative ideas back home. So they're coming here. They're trying to understand how to be that bridge between their culture, their conservative ideas, what they grew up with, what their family expects of them and their kids now, and also try and move with the times, make sure that we're fitting in well, Make sure that we're experiencing everything. And I think I have so much respect for that. Acting as that bridge between two generations. I think they have the worst of it, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> I think immigrant moms have the worst of it in terms of trying to bridge that gap. Shield us from maybe what they had experienced, but also still stay true to their culture and what they've grown up with. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I do see my mom that way too. Like she's doing all that she can to give me the experience of being able to do what I want as a 20 something year old, navigating the world, learning about the world, having my own experiences as a young adult, but also like kind of maintaining that cultural boundary as well. It's, it probably really sucks to navigate that. And I <laughs> yeah. don't know what that feels like, yeah. but I know I see my mom like 
really pushing for that and supporting me through every step of the way. She's literally been my biggest like role model, but not even just a role model, like my biggest fan throughout my entire life. She's been my biggest cheerleader, anything and everything that I've wanted to do. She's been the first to support me. And it's so nice to know that even if I'm doing something that everyone may be like, I don't know if you should do that. Like, I don't know if that's a great idea. My mom's always there to be like, no, do it. Go experience it. Go have fun with it. Go for it. Yeah. Go for it. Like, you'll never know until you try. Yeah. And something I really love my mom for is that she always pushes myself and my brother to do better in life. Like, her entire thing has been like, be the best at what you do or like really try. And like, you, you will never know if you don't try. So. Yeah. I really love that because sometimes I'll go to her and I'll be unsure. I'm like, I don't know if like, I kind of want to do this, but I don't know if I should. Or like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like if I'll get this. And she's like, why not? Like, why wouldn't you? Like, yeah. And I really appreciate that she hasn't been a critique. Right. She's never sat down and be like, I don't think you can do this. Or I don't think you're good enough. Or like, you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do that. Like, I've never heard those words from my mom. And I appreciate that so much because She's always been my number one, like, supporter. Always been my number one, like, I'm always going to be behind you. Yeah. If you're going to do this, you always have me for support. Mm-hmm. If you fail, it's okay. I'm always here for you. And I love that so much. Which is so cool. I think, genuinely, I think the move over, it toughens people so much. It gives them, like, this new form of bravery. I've seen it with my parents. They've pushed so hard. Sometimes I look back and I don't understand how they got through certain mm-hmm. points in life. I just physically can't comprehend Again, sometimes I guess we tend to compare the problems that we have on a daily basis in our mid, like early mid twenties to what they possibly had at that point. And it's just so different. Mm -hmm. It's like these days, our biggest issues just don't match up to what they possibly had to go through. So the fact that they got through all of that and are brave enough to be like supporters 24 seven, always there, go, go, go is such a cool thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because earlier you were saying like, oh my God, there was a light on my dash. <laughs> like, dad, what do I do? Yeah. And I'm just thinking about it. Like when they got their first cars, they didn't have anybody nope. to go to. Nope. Like where me, like I freak out. Like there's something wrong with my car. The first thing I do is like, I call my dad. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like I'm freaking yeah. out. Like I don't know. And it's, and it's, it's really interesting being like, a brown girl, like the elder daughter and like, you know, like having this sort of protective shield around you growing up. But then it's interesting because the second my parents viewed me as an adult, it's like, well, you're an adult, figure it out. I'm like, I can't, (laughs) I don't know what to do. Help me out here. Like taxes. I don't know how to do that. My car is broken. I don't know. I'm calling my dad (laughs) for every little like minor inconvenience in my life. Cause Dude, my light bulb in my bathroom went out and I didn't know how to change it. So I was like, I had to tell my dad, I was like, how do I fix this? Like, I don't know how to do it. And then he had to come in and change it for me. Like, That's I, so good. Yeah. My dad is fully continents away right now. And yeah. I still, Noreen, it's absolutely a shame. I still, the other day there was a bug in my apartment for the first time. Okay. I had to deal with that. Yeah. No, I'm not the bug killer. Listen, yeah. that's not me. And my instinct was, what time is it in India right now? <laughs> Is my dad up? And of course, it was like the middle of the night, so I couldn't call him. I don't know what he possibly could have done continents away, but my instinct was, where is my father? There was a bug in the house. Yeah. And it was, oh my God, it takes reframing. But I feel like what's cool with our parents is that they are definitely at the point where they're like, I want you to be independent, go do Mm -hmm. your thing, live alone, you know, 
push through, experience new things. But I still feel like if I do call them up and I'm like, there is a weird tax looking form in my mailbox, or there is a light going off on my dash that seems to be the end of the world for me. What do I do? They'll still be there. You know, they'll, they'll be like, what the hell is wrong with you? But yeah. also here you go. Like yeah. here's a very itemized list of things to do yeah. to fix your life. Now yeah. go do it. You yeah. know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I feel like that's happened multiple times with <laughs> me where I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to fill this out or I don't know how to look at this. And they'll walk me through every step one by one. And then my dad will be like, okay, well, you should know how to do this next time. Next time comes around. I'm back to my yeah. dad. I'm like, hi, can you help me fix this or fill this out? I don't know what I'm looking at. And then he'll be like, I told you last time, but anyways, here's how you do it yeah. again. And it's like a lot of patience with it. Yeah. Cause honestly, frankly, being I'm turning 23 next week that's mm -hmm. crazy but like being 23 years old I'm just gonna say that because I'm almost there um I don't know how to be an adult like I don't know how to do I know how to do some adult things right. but I don't know how to do other adult things and I'm looking at you know taxes I don't know how they work I'm looking yeah. at my car all I know is how to drive it and at, see I always say I don't want to have to do anything with like the maintenance of my car I simply mm -hmm. wanted to be there to drive it and to worry about what's on the ox. Yeah. That's all I have to worry yeah. about. But I agree. Yeah. Wouldn't you, but here's the thing. I've seen this a lot where people go, well, your twenties, your early mid twenties is you being a baby adult. Mm -hmm. You don't know what it's like to be an adult. You're yeah. a baby adult. You're figuring it yeah. out at your, maybe the end of your twenties is when you can confidently kind of say that, okay, I've experienced enough adulting to be an adult but i think we're fully baby adults yeah. right now that's how i put Do you it remember that instagram reel i sent you a while back and it was like when you're 22 it's not that you're a 22 year adult it's that you're a four-year-old adult adult yeah. because it's like 22 and 18 yeah. you're only four <laughs> years into adulthood yeah and it makes a lot more sense and it brings a lot more comfort because you're not expected to know everything and like we almost have a fear of not knowing everything, everything and not yeah. how to not knowing how to navigate the world not yeah. knowing how to navigate certain situations and issues that come up and you just kind of freak out or just you know pause you just freeze in the moment and you're like uh this is a weird situation I don't know what to do I don't know what the next steps are and you're just you're just kind of stuck there so yeah, I think it's very fair to say that you're a baby adult a or baby you're a four-year-old adult being 22. You're not 22 years old. You're just a four-year adult. I think that's such a comforting thought. Yeah. And I think we have time. It's going to be mm. fine. Yeah. We're meant to make mistakes. Yeah. It'll be okay. I think it's just... It's interesting because we look at our mums. Like, my mom was married my age. Okay? Wow. Like, she was fully married at my age. Yeah. My dad was 23. My mom was 22. And they were like moving abroad, like starting a life, figuring yeah. things out. It's so easy for you to look back and be like, what is going on? Yeah. Why are, again, the problems, why are they so disproportionate looking mm -hmm. back? But I think times change, right? Yeah. The expectations are different. I think it's all about also just calibrating our expectations. Because mm -hmm. a lot of it, I think we've talked about it, we're our own biggest critics. Yeah. It's about calibrating expectations so we're able to manage things a lot better as they come mm -hmm. our way. Right? Yeah, that definitely makes a lot of sense. And I like honestly thinking back at where my parents were at my age, like it was completely different than where we are. And it's the the difference is crazy. It really is. I don't think my parents were married at this age. Like they got married much later on. Mm -hmm. And but still, regardless, I think where they were mentally, emotionally, physically was so different than where we are. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know if they had the sort of 
I guess, not necessarily to say freedom, but I guess accessibility to be able to travel and have as many experiences as we did. They did as much as they could in their time, but I couldn't picture myself in that frame. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, it's, it's different, but again, I think times change and I think it's about figuring out what the best is for us now, Yeah, which is kind of cool that we get to look back and see some really like badass stuff, some really cool experiences to look back on vicariously and think back to. And, you know, we were a part of it. We were along for the ride, but I think we can look back now with so much more experience and newfound appreciation and a deeper sense of understanding. And that's, that's the best thing in the world. I think it makes you think so much. It takes, it takes you to a place of reflection and it's really cool. Yeah. And there's lots to learn there. But yeah. Yeah. Something I want to share this, maybe I guess we're like ending it off with our conversation because we're a little at time, (laughs) but I really appreciate that my dad always says this to me. He's like, well, we've lived our lives. It's time for you to live your own and make Mm -hmm. your own. Like, and he's, he's so like adamant on both me and my brother moving to maybe a different country to pursue our career or whatever that may be. And I really appreciate that he sees it as a, it's time for them to make their own life, build it up. Because I think being immigrant parents, they really know the value of starting from bottom up and building it all the way up. And I guess they see at like us at this phase where we're starting to build our lives and really build on becoming who we are as people. Like I'm sure we know who we are, but there's so much more that we need to do and so much more that we need to learn about ourselves so i really appreciate that they also see that we're in that phase of our lives and i'm really excited to see where things go and i think honestly they're more excited than we are i will never forget the day i got my job i walked out of the building i barely took two steps out of the building and i facetimed my dad he was in india my mom was at this point still in toronto i got them on a call broke the news my dad was in the middle of something he fully looked like concerned in the middle of something (laughs) And he, like, physically on his face looked so freaking excited. He screamed a little. I will never forget that ever. It was just the best thing in the world. So it's really nice to have that, that someone vicariously is living through you, maybe having different experiences that they didn't have access to back then, and they're that much more excited about it than you are. Yeah. Which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay. I guess that's kind of our little take on... An ode to immigrant parents. Mom, dad, if you're listening, see, we do care about you guys. <laughs> we miss you. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone else, um, text your mom. Text your dad. Tell them you love Call them. them. You know, Call I get them. yelled at because I will be running around and I have like a really long day at school and I don't get to call my parents yeah. sometimes. And you know what? It's funny because both of my parents will be like, you don't call us. And I'm like, you didn't call me either. <laughs> and the next day I'll call them and then they'll be like, oh, well, you didn't call me. And I'm like, you didn't call me either. What are you talking about? <laughs> But yeah, call your parents. Call your parents. Text them. Yes. And have the best week ever. Yeah. (laughs) All right. See ya. Bye.